0: Welcome to Souls Productions LLC. Legacy Men, remember when you carried yourself as a king. Women. remember when you carried yourself as a queen? And we were here to build a strong foundation not only for ourselves but for our families and the generations coming up after us but now we're putting all of our time and energy and while we're not getting along with one another and we're not taking the time to focus more on the important element of rebuilding family structure So come on this journey with me with Diesel's Productions, LLC, and let's build a legacy. Peace. Legacy You have entered a station That's for your mind Die Soul's Productions, LLC, Legacy, March 6th, 2018, and this is Win on this Tuesday morning. All right, now we have continued our progress into living a better, healthier lifestyle. Now I'm putting out my videos. We have our veggie video for juicing and we have our vegetable juicing that I'm going to give you today. And it's the basics. I'm just showing you the basic things I do on a daily to get myself a better, healthier lifestyle by adding more nutritional value to my eating. It's nothing spectacular, people. It's something that's very basic that you should be doing every day. Now, About a year ago, I made the decision for myself to become a vegetarian. Now, this is what works for me, okay? Now, anyone starting any type of new regiment, we tend to fall into this I don't know, we feel like we want to tell the world about it and we think what we're doing fits everyone else. And that's really. Not the case. And because I'm a vegetarian, I don't push on other people to be a vegetarian. And I don't look down on other people for not being a vegetarian. Because me, myself, I had to come to terms with looking beyond what I was thinking. That your eating habits is only based off which is the... (laughs) the king of all kings of eating a plant-based diet. But a new study is showing that you're supposed to eat according to your glucose levels. And basically what it's talking about is that everybody's body reacts differently from different foods. So you're going to get a different type of reaction to different foods. And this is why you experience the ailments and the gaining weight and stuff of that nature. But I have a video I want you to listen to that's gonna explain in detail more about this so you can get more insight into it. But it's good to know that everyone is different in regards to their eating. And I think you're really going to find this very interesting. But for me, I will stress this. For me, it's about nutrition versus indulging. OK, and regardless what your eating habits are, you have to face that challenge of nutrition versus indulging. See, we have indulgence all around us. We have temptation all around us. The challenge is to put your mindset and your focus into more nutritional value for yourself and just push away the indulgence for a little while. Only indulge here and there, but on your daily, put more focus into nutrition when it comes to your eating. See, you have to get away from everything that just tastes so good to you. Oh, I want that because it tastes so good. Oh, so yummy! Mm -hmm. It's just so good, right? away from your temptations and your cravings or your your crutch you know some people eat when they get upset or they get frustrated they do certain things you indulge in something to ease the pain right but put more of your focus into bringing yourself nutritional value override overdrive yourself with nutritional value switch it up and your environment is based off indulgence. This is why everywhere you go, you see all these places that you can easily have access to. When we talk about you been Edward Bernays, if you know who Edward Bernays is, all those advertisements and when you're riding down the highway and that whiff of Burger King and McDonald's or KFC comes through the car hit hits you in the face. It automatically makes you want it, right? See, that's when the indulgence kicks in, the temptation kicks in. But you have a you have to have a strong discipline and not fall for it it's gotten to the point where it doesn't happen to me anymore because I've trained myself to have a real good understanding of what these foods are doing to me. When you come to terms of what your eating habits are doing to you, Oh, you'll change. Believe you me. but it's going to take hard work and discipline also to recondition yourself to give yourself more nutritional value versus indulgence. Let's go into the video so you can understand more about the eating habits that you can actually take on for yourself to live a better, healthier lifestyle. This is D-Souls Productions LLC. Legacy. Peace.
1: This is me, 10 years ago. I weighed 40 pounds more than today. And like many people, I wanted to lose weight. Like many people, I wanted to know, what is the best diet for humans? Many of us actually have an opinion about this question. Some believe that a low-fat, plant-based diet is the best. Others, that a low-carb diet, rich in protein and animal fat is the best. Others have opinions on how much sugar we should eat or how much salt, cholesterol, saturated fat, eggs, or dairy products we should have in our diet. But the question of what the best diet is, is a scientific one. So there should be no room for opinions or beliefs. If diet A is really better than diet B, then a study that compares the two on enough people should show that definitively. No opinions, no beliefs, just hard data, right? What is also clear is that if the best diet does exist, then we haven't yet found it, because the incidence of diet-related disease has increased dramatically in the past several decades. Now, you might think it's because people don't listen to what we tell them. But in fact, that's not true. People actually generally do follow dietary guidelines. But according to the Center for Disease Control, if you live in the United States, there's over a 70% chance that you're either overweight, diabetic, or have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And there's overwhelming evidence that diet and lifestyle are major drivers of these conditions. So why is it that after so much research, we still don't have an answer to this seemingly simple question of what is the best diet for humans? What I'd like to propose to you today is that the reason we don't have an answer is because we've been asking the wrong question. And it's the wrong question because it assumes that the best diet depends only on the food and not on the person eating it. But what if differences in our genetics, lifestyle, or gut bacteria cause us to respond differently to food? What if these differences explain why some diets work for some people but not for others? what if our nutrition needs to be personally tailored to our unique makeup? This is exactly the question we set out to ask in our own research, which I did with my colleague Eran Nav and several graduate students from the Weizmann Institute of Science. To take a scientific approach, we first search for a metric of healthy nutrition that we should study. Most studies examine weight loss or risk of heart disease after some diet. But the problem is that these are affected by many factors unrelated to diet, they take many weeks to change, and in the end, you get a single measure of success. And if it didn't work, well, then it's very hard to understand why. And so instead, we searched for a metric that would still be relevant for weight management and diet-related disease, but one that we could also easily and accurately measure across many people. And this led us to focus on blood glucose levels and more precisely, changes in blood glucose levels after a meal. We call this a meal glucose response. Why is it important? Well, because high glucose levels after a meal promote both hunger and weight gain. After we eat, our body digests the carbohydrates in the food into simple sugars and releases them into the bloodstream. From there, with the help of insulin, Cells throughout our body remove the glucose from the blood so that they can use it as a source of energy. But insulin also signals our body to convert excess sugar into fat and store it, and that's a primary way by which we gain weight. In addition, fast flow of glucose into the blood often causes our body to release too much insulin, which could lower our glucose levels to below baseline, making us feel hungry and eat more. Meal glucose responses are also very relevant for our health because they've been shown to be risk factors for obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and other metabolic disorders. A recent study that followed 2,000 people for over 30 years found that higher meal glucose levels after meals predict overall higher mortality. Finally, and not least important, with recent technological advances, we can now follow a person's glucose levels continuously for an entire week. And since the average person eats around 50 meals a week, it allows us to measure glucose responses to 50 meals in just a single week. Meal glucose responses also provide us with a way to directly measure the effect of every single meal, as opposed to common approaches that only evaluate the effect of an overall diet. Now, of course, there are many factors beyond glucose levels that influence a healthy diet, but this is a very important one, and solving it can be a major step forward. Luckily for us, we managed to convince a 1,000 healthy people in this idea, and we connected them to one of these small glucose sensors and tracked their glucose levels continuously for an entire week. And during that week, participants logged everything that they ate on a mobile app that we developed, and so that allowed us to measure glucose responses to 50 different meals for each person, and around 50,000 different meals across all 1,000 participants, making our study the largest one that was ever done on this problem until today. So what did we find? Well. When we looked at averages, we saw trends. For example, more carbohydrates in the meal generally increased the response. This is not so surprising. Another, perhaps more surprising trend, is that more fat in the meal generally decreased the response. But, and this is the key finding of our study, for every trend we found, there were many people who were very different from it. Basically, when the same person ate the same meal on different days, the response was very similar. But when different people ate the same meal, the response was very different. For example, white bread induced almost no effect on the blood sugar levels of some people, but in others, it induced huge spikes. And the same was true for every single food we tested, including rice, pizza, sushi, and even chocolate for every food there were some people who had low responses others who had medium responses and yet others that had very high responses it wasn't just about the food it was also about the person eating it so while averages and trends are informative for any given individual they may not mean much now it wasn't just about how good the body was at handling sugar. Each person had different foods that spiked his levels. Some people even had opposite responses. For example, some people spiked for ice cream but not for rice. But then others spiked for rice and not for ice cream. In fact, more people spiked for rice than for ice cream. Now, my wife is a clinical dietitian, So when I showed her this data, she was shocked because as a practitioner, she of course relies on general dietary guidelines. And so one of the first things that she tells her many newly diagnosed pre-diabetics is to stop eating foods such as ice cream and instead eat more complex carbohydrates such as brown rice. So as soon as as she saw her data, she of course realized that for most of her patients, not only does her dietary advice not help, but, in fact, it pushes them faster to develop the very same disease that her advice was meant to prevent. So these results of ours on such a large data set convinced us that responses to food are personal and that diets that maintain normal blood glucose levels must therefore be personally tailored to the individual. They also show, in our view, why the current nutritional paradigm that searches for that one best diet is inherently flawed. The best diet for humans does not exist. Our responses to food are personal, so our dietary advice must also be personal. And personalized dietary advice was our next challenge. To tackle it, we measured many parameters across participants that we thought may explain people's variability in glucose response to meals and these included basic metrics and lifestyle factors like age, weight, height, and physical activity, but also blood tests, medical background and food frequency questionnaires, and also DNA sequencing of both the human genome and the gut bacteria composition of each person. Now, of these, the gut bacteria was perhaps the most novel component that we examined. For hundreds of years, We know that bacteria live within our body, but only with recent advances in DNA sequencing could we begin to study them extensively. And when we did, we found that this vast collection of hundreds of different species that we each host, collectively termed our microbiome, has a major impact on our health and disease. And what makes the microbiome even more exciting is that unlike our genetics, we can also change it even by simple means, such as changing what we eat. Our bacteria help us digest some of the food that we eat, and in turn, produce molecules that are taken by our own cells and affect our physiology. For example, in our own research, we studied artificial sweeteners, which the vast majority of us consume on a daily basis in various diet soda drinks and other products. And we found that consumption of artificial sweeteners alters the composition of the gut bacteria such that when transferred into mice, causes the mice to develop symptoms of diabetes. And so this and several other studies led us to ask whether the microbiome would also be important for explaining people's glucose variability in response to meals. And so we took this microbiome and other clinical data that we collected, and we used advanced machine-learning algorithms to automatically search for rules that predict personalized glucose responses to meals. For example, one such rule could be that if you're over 50 and you have a certain bacterial species, then your response to a banana will be high. The overall algorithm combined tens of thousands of such rules that it automatically deduced from the data. This approach is actually similar to how websites like Amazon make book recommendations, except that we applied it to how people respond to food. And we could show that this algorithm could then take any person, even people who were not part of our original study, and predict the response to arbitrary meals with high accuracy. So as a final step, we asked, whether we can also use this algorithm to design personalized diets that normalize blood glucose levels. So we recruited and profiled new participants, and we asked the algorithm to predict two diets for each person. In one diet, which we call the bad diet, we asked the algorithm to predict foods for which that person would have high responses. And in the other good diet, we asked it to predict foods for which that person would have low responses and each person then followed each diet for one week. Now, by design, the diets had to be identical in calories. In fact, all breakfasts, lunches and dinners had the same calories on different days. And it's also important to note that each person received a different personalized diet and that there were even some foods that were given to some people on their good diet, but to others on their bad diet. Now, to show you that these diets are not the obvious ones you might think of, here they are for one of our participants. Now, take a moment and see if you can guess for yourself which one the algorithm predicted to be the good diet and which to be the bad diet for this particular participant. And as you look at these, notice that each diet contains foods that would not typically appear in standard diets. And now, for fun, let's play a quick uh, guessing game. And you all have to participate. So raise your hand if you think the diet on the right is the good one. Okay, now raise your hand if you think the diet on the left is the good one. <laughs> okay, definitely we see nearly a 50 50 split here, showing you that it's definitely not trivial to guess. And I can tell you that for this participant, The algorithm predicted the diet on the right, the one with the ice cream, to be the good one. And so now, the only question is, how good did these diets work? And what I'll show you next is, in our view, perhaps the most striking result that came out of our study. So here are the continuous glucose levels of this participant when following the bad diet. And you can clearly see abnormally high glucose levels after meals, indicating that this participant has impaired glucose tolerance and is likely pre-diabetic. But on the good diet, the one with the ice cream and the same amount of calories as the bad diet, this same pre-diabetic participant achieves fully normal blood glucose levels without even a single spike across the entire week. Obviously, we were very happy to find out these results, and in fact, we found similar results for most participants for which we designed personalized diets using our algorithm. Now, not only that, but the good diet also induced several consistent changes in the gut bacteria of most participants. And it seemed that these changes were beneficial because bacteria that, in other studies, were associated with good outcomes tended to increase after the good diet, and bacteria associated with disease tended to decrease. And this result is, of course, very intriguing because it suggests that in addition to normalizing blood glucose levels during the intervention week, the good diet also induced beneficial effects that may persist even beyond the intervention week. So what's the take-home message from all of this? Well, based on the glucose responses variability that we saw across 1,000 people, our conclusion is that there is no single best diet for humans because we are all too different. It also means that if a certain diet hasn't worked for you, then maybe it was the wrong diet for you. Your dietary failures may not be your fault. Your diet may have failed, simply because it did not take information about you as an individual into account. So what can you do with this information now? Well, right now, you can actually measure your personal glucose responses to your favorite meals using simple glucose devices that you can buy at your local drugstore. And I guarantee that you'll be surprised at which foods personally spike your glucose levels and which do not. As a more complete solution, we are working hard to make our algorithms available to everyone so that you'll be able, from your home, to provide basic clinical information about yourself, send a sample of your microbiome, and in return receive personalized dietary advice. We are also starting longer-term dietary intervention studies in both pre-diabetics and diabetics that will go on for a full year. Because we believe that if the effect of normalizing blood glucose levels that we were able to obtain in one week could persist for a longer time period, then we might be able to reverse and even cure these conditions, which constitute one of the worst epidemics of our times. More broadly, I believe that we are entering a new era in the study of nutrition, one in which we will move away from asking, what is the best diet for humans, and, instead, focus on the more appropriate question of what is the best diet for me. Thank you very much.
0: The Souls Productions, LLC. And we're on day 9, drop 11, of our hydrogen peroxide therapy. I'm kicking some ass. I'm kicking some ass. I'm getting it in. I love it. It seems like the more of these drops that I'm taking... The more used I'm getting to them. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I just feel good about this process because uh, just like when I, you know, chosen to become a vegetarian, I had a certain level of mental clarity. But this clarity that I'm experiencing from this hydrogen peroxide therapy is on a whole new level. It's just not mental clarity within my mind but also my body and soul so wow it has me on a whole new level um it's kind of um how can i put it uh when you're like not used to feeling good <laughs> you know what i'm saying like all the time it gets kind of like you know um you know you know how when you got so many good things happening and you say to yourself well something must be must be ready to go wrong there's just too many things good happening (laughs) it's that type of feeling but you have to really come to terms like wow this really works you know what i'm saying you really got to come to terms with that and like i mentioned before i feel great people and um you know i i was trying not to get emotional like two days ago because uh, you know, just sitting back and looking all the things I've been through as far as my ailments and the problems I was having and now I'm to the point where I'm healing myself all I can do is just look up to the skies above and give thanks to God that he's given me this ability to do this for myself and yes um having the opportunity to be able to help other people with this just as well man I mean this is priceless and yes I'm, I'm doing it for free <laughs> um, like I mentioned before I, I get great joy out of reuniting couples um, within their relationships and their marriages and their love lives um, I also get a lot of gratification out of helping people live a better, healthier lifestyle. So, we're going to keep this going. And tomorrow we'll be on drop 12. (laughs) So, we're going to keep rocking out with this till we get to 24 drops. Then we're going to wean ourselves down back to our daily dosage to five drops twice a day. That's going to be within our lifestyle people but remember all of my kings and queens out there i got something special in store for both of you coming right up see what i'm talking about with this hydrogen peroxide therapy i thought my little elixir that i'm going to put together for you guys was the reinforcement but no the hydrogen peroxide therapy is the reinforcement that you're looking for so, until tomorrow, once again, this is D Souls Productions LLC Legacy Peace. D Souls Productions LLC.com. Don't just build a legacy. Wear a legacy at D Productions kings and queens out there. You can go to my DeSouls Productions LLC legacy YouTube channel and watch my latest video on how to do your daily juicing. And you too can live a better, healthier lifestyle. Be so calling we have Anita love to hate to hate, and she's calling in, in reference to my episode, "The Lion Mindset" in regards to men who hold their purses for their ladies or their wives while they shop. <laughs> Let's listen in. Come on, g Productions. You wouldn't hold my personal for me to shop. I mean, I'm only going to be like five minutes. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I understand, but I have been guilty of that. Like I'll say, I'm in the store and, and I'm, I'm about to get something. And I tell my husband, hey, hold it for me. He'll look at me like, What? I'm not going to hold your purse. I'm like, I'm a bad. You know what I'm saying? But I understand what you're saying. But I just had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Anita. I think uh, every man has experienced that one time or another of their girlfriend or their wives asking them to hold a purse while they uh, go shopping. It's just something I never have been into And I don't see myself doing that. (laughs) But uh, some men, they do it without any problem. But I just think it looks kind of awkward. Now, in standing there holding it, that's a little strange to me. But I see men who put it over their shoulder and they're wearing it like a woman would wear it. That's what's really strange to me. And I've seen some men do it and. In the process, they're like helping their kids wipe some ice cream off their face or something or they're playing with their kids while they're doing it. But either way, it just looks awkward to me. But I will stay with my guns. I think men need to king up on that. <laughs> but it's always nice talking with you, Anita. We always have interesting conversations. And exchanges. Thanks for the call in. Okay, we're going to wrap things up. We had some interesting topics today in our episode in regards to living a better, healthier lifestyle. And I also want to thank Anita Love to Hate to Hate for the call in. And go over and check out her station, and her content. She really brings some good insight into her experiences in everyday life. She makes you think a little bit based off the things that she is going through. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I'll see you on the other side. Take care. Be safe. And much Love. Peace. I want to thank you for coming on this journey with me with D Souls Productions LLC. And make sure you continue to build your legacy. Peace.